grab all of your Bibles. We're going to go to the word of the Lord. And I've got a word that I believe will bless you today. Amen. And uh, there was a video that I made during when we were locked down. I want to start off my sermon by showing that video. Amen. And then we're going to go into the word of the Lord. All right ahead, fellas. Y'all remember this? This is the Super Nintendo reformatted, smaller version for the kids nowadays to enjoy and play. I remember when my dad purchased me the original Super Nintendo. Oh boy, I was so excited as a kid. And then when the Super Nintendo came out, they upgraded the graphics. You know, the thing about Nintendo as a kid that I remember is that it always had these two buttons on it. The power button and the reset button, right? And the power button, we know what that does. That turns it on and off. But the reset button, that was my favorite button. I'll tell you why. Because when I played a game, and if it was a, whatever type of game it was, and I had to meet the boss at the end, or if it was an adventure game and I had to figure something out, and I played the entire game, and then I got to the part where I uh, was defeated or couldn't figure something out, and then I finally figured it out, but it was too late, I could always hit the reset and start over. But I'll tell you what, whenever I hit the reset to start over, I wasn't starting over the same. Now I had information because I had just played the game. So now when I get to that point of difficulty again, I wasn't playing it the same as I was the first time. Now I was playing it with new information so that when I get to that point of difficulty, I can overcome it and move forward. I tell you what, this reset button was one of my favorites and I pressed it a lot. But every time I pressed it, I was starting over with new information that eventually I didn't have to press it anymore because I had enough information to carry me all the way to the end. It's your boy. You know, I had to put that little this your boy at the end there. It's like, what that got to this your boy? <laughs> Today, what I want to talk to you about the subject is power button. <laughs> Tough crowd. Reset. That was kind of obvious. Amen. Let's pray and we're going to go to the word of the Lord. And it's going to be an interesting scripture. Father, I thank you for your word today. And I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to minister to your people. I just pray today, Father, that you would speak a word in this house that would bless the hearts of your people. And God, just encourage them as we are still fresh in this new year. God, as we are still Got a whole 11 more months ahead of us with so many dreams and plans. God, I pray that this word would inspire and encourage somebody as they go through this year. No matter where they are right now, Father, that you would bring some type of inspiration in this house to them. In Jesus' name, somebody say, amen. Praise the Lord. The scripture I want to go to today... (laughs) Interestingly enough, and I did not know we were going to sing this. It's found in the book of Isaiah, chapter 40, verse 31. And if you will put it up there, amen. This is what it says in the book of Isaiah, chapter 40, verse number 31. It says, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew Y'all see what's going on here? And I did not know you were going to sing that today. (laughs) Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar. Somebody say soar. This wasn't one of my points, but I'll say it. The thrill of soaring begins with the fear of flying. Before the eagle can soar, first has to take the first step of flying. Got to step out the nest. So whatever you're facing right now, that fear that you feel right now can turn into thrill of soaring. That's what happens when you wait. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow 
weary, they will walk and not faint. Those who do what? This version says hope, NIV, but, you know, if you know the Bible better than the NIV, you know what the scripture is. It's that they that wait upon the Lord, and wait means hope too, right? You, you're, you're, you're trusting God. You're not moving ahead of him. You're not leading him. You're letting him lead. And those that put God in that position of leadership in their life, the Bible says something begins to happen to them. They begin to renew in strength. They begin to reset and start. And all these things that come up against you, you begin to soar with wings like eagles. You run and not grow weary. You walk and you will not faint. That is a promise from God to those who put him first. And I receive that promise, God, that if I place you at the center of my life, that I'm going to get strength all of a sudden when I need it. That all of a sudden, I, I was walking, but I'll start to grow wings. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. I, I'll begin to fly. Because sometimes, have you ever sat in traffic and you thought to yourself, man, I wish this car could fly? Because there's some things that are blocking you. The only way to really get out of it is you can't stay on the same level. You got to go to it. That's what flying does. And for some reason, when you serve the Lord and you put him in the place he's supposed to be, he has a way of causing you to soar and move past some things that's supposed to stop you. I ain't got nobody who soars in this house. You run and not, how do you run and not get weary? This must be a soccer player. Some brothers run for 120 minutes, 80 miles. I don't even know. You run, but as you run, you are defying what's supposed to happen. This is a promise from God that as you keep running, you're not going to get tired of the race. And you will not faint. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. The book of Proverbs says this. In Proverbs chapter 24, verse 5, it says, A wise man, and I'm reading from the ESV. It says, the wise, well, your version says in NIV, the wise, okay, whoa. Let me find out. Hey, that wait upon the Lord. He will renew your diversion of the Bible. I'm reading from the message. Let me stop. Amen. Don't, don't, don't change it. He's looking for it too. He's like, you won't mess with me. I got the original Greek too. No, well, this wouldn't be the original Greek. Amen. Hallelujah. A wise man is full of strength. And a man of knowledge enhances his might. Go slow. A wise man is full of strength. A wise man is a bodybuilder. Could be, but that's not what that's saying. It is literally telling you that strength that causes you to do mighty things. Without strength, I wouldn't be able to lift up the table. Without strength, I wouldn't be able to accomplish certain things. You need strength. It is saying just like physical strength accomplishes things. The strength of an army can defeat armies. The strength of a nation, the strength of a people. You hear that word used so much. And what it's, it's saying is that you need strength to do things. And the Bible is saying that the strength of a man is his wisdom. You will go as far as you know. Come on, somebody. Tell your neighbor, you're going to go as far as you know. <laughs> you know, remember when we were kids, they had, my father had a, a member in this church. He was from uh, another nation, and he moved here. And uh, I just remember this story as a kid. My father asked him, hey, man, you know, you're enjoying uh, America. He said, Pastor, all I know is where key food is. That's the only place I go. <laughs> he was going where he was knowing. 
And you will only go as far as you know. You will only be as strong as. See, it's about this. In life, I've learned this, that. And, and it's funny because me and Bam were talking about something earlier. And he said, man, we, he, he, he used this thing. He said, man, we so, we sometimes, you know, fall short. And I said to him, you know, Bam, I think what it is with us is that is that we don't have knowledge. So we make a lot of mistakes because we never take time to educate ourselves in the things that matter. So, so, so people get married and they never educate themselves on what that is. She got married because she was beautiful. That's the last reason. Got married because he, he, he had a nice car. Marry the car. Less headache. You could actually fix the car. Him? Ladies go, pastor, fix my husband. I can't. I don't know. There's no mechanic shop for that. Husbands, like, fix my wife. Right, fellas? <laughs> Not one dude. They're like, you, you crazy if you think we're going to agree to that. I'll be trying to set some of y'all up. A wife? Hey! Church over. Point. There you go. <laughs> Amen. A wise man is full of strength, right? People don't know what marriage is. People don't know. People, you know. And, and I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching to me too. There's so many things as I grow. And that's the beauty about God. When God gives you growth, what growth can sometimes seem like problems. Y'all ain't, y'all, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so you got married, for example, and, and she just ain't going to let you not wash your dishes. That's called growth. You got to learn how to be c c clean. <laughs> but it seemed like a problem because she don't do like mom did. A lot of amens from the ladies. Y'all ladies are bold up in here. When I say something to the fellas, they got to be like this. We're not going to have that. Because Eve was the one who fell. In the Bible. <laughs> For the new people, I'm joking, all right? I'm, I'm joking, but it is true. She fell. It's in the Bible. In the Bible. <laughs> now, growth feels like problems. So somebody, you go to work, and they all of a sudden, they start telling you, you come to work late, we're going to fire you. You know, you get with that click like, yo, they tripping, man. It's five minutes, yo. Why are they Oh, who be beefing over five minutes for real? The guy that's paying you. The guy that's paying you. The guy that's paying you is beefing over five minutes. Yes, that guy. But growth to you feels like a problem. So, so <laughs> sometimes God is trying to elevate you and you, you, you're mad because it feels like I got to change. Yes. And that's what waiting on the Lord means. You gain wisdom. You get stronger. You start to run and not be. It's, it's not that it's not that you don't physically get weary. It's that you learn how to run smarter. I remember when I was a kid and they put me on track and field. And I was running as a kid. They had me out on the track. And I was running and I was talking while running. By the time I got like a couple yards, I was like, yo, this feels mad hard. Then the next time they put me on the field, they said, run around the whole. Y'all remember them big field? I mean, we still got them, 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 like, you run twice as a mile or one time as a mile. And they were like, on the track, they were like, we're going we gonna to run the whole track. And you like, all right, I'm going to win this race. And they say, go, and you start taking off. And one dude in the back like this. And you're like, he's going to lose. I'm going to dust him. <laughs> but by the time you reach three quarters, you in the grass like... Somebody call my mom. Somebody call my mom. They done killed me in school. 
and killed me. You, 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 y'all, that ever happened to you? And then the dude who was in the beginning like, <laughs> it's not that he ain't getting tired. It's that he learned how to run. That's what happens when you wait. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. So the goal is to become wise because a wise man is full of strength. And watch what it says. And a man of knowledge, knowledge enhances the mighty. So, 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 so look at this, y'all. Look at this. Number one, information is knowledge. Wisdom is the application of that knowledge. A lot of people who know a lot of things, they just don't know when to apply it. Like, you might know how to correct the situation. You just might not know when to correct the situation. <laughs> I'm going, I know how to correct this, and I'm going to correct my wife. Oh, no, you don't correct your, not then. No, no. <laughs> you might have known how to fix it, but wrong time. You ever did the right thing at the wrong time? No. Wisdom is the ability to apply what you know. Because here's point number two. Information without application leads to frustration. There's nothing more frustrating than when you know something and you're not seeing the change from what you know. It's like, man, I know better. But why am I not seeing the change? But information with application leads to transformation. I know this thing drives my wife crazy when I come home. So then stop doing it. Apply it. Come on, ladies. <laughs> I know this thing will bring me success if I do this. I know if I wake up a little bit earlier. I know if I just spend some time every day just exercising, I'm going to avoid them doctor visits. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I know if I just walk for 15 minutes, it could change my whole life. But Netflix just be so good. <laughs> and you know that walking for 15 minutes could change you, yet your health is poor. Information without application. Leave you in that doctor's office with frustration. You see the check engine light on. Guess what that means? That don't mean drive until it breaks. Can I get a witness? You see the fuel light on. And just like you have check engine lights and fuel lights, there are things in your life that comes up on the dashboard of life that you see and know what it means. You see the red flags. And instead of changing it, you keep driving. Has anybody ever run out of gas? I'm the only one. Because you just thought, I just got two more exits. I can make it. Especially if you live with like a family where you like whoever get the car next got to buy gas. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? You like, yo, if I could just get home, they going to have to buy it when they come in. I just got to get there. Then you break down. You remember that one time, Brother Trav? That's between us. We in a van going somewhere. <laughs> I was trying to protect us, man. <laughs> you just like blow the whole thing up, man. We grown now, man. We can put gas in the car. <laughs> and, and, and I just might as well tell the story. We ran out of gas. 
and we talk and have a good time. So when we run out of gas, we turn to the driver, who will remain unnamed. <laughs> we said, hey, man, how in the world did this happen? He said, I saw it, but we were just having such a good time. <laughs> we, just, we just decided to keep talking. And he's like, brother, that's not how that kind of works. Like, the car don't run on a good time. <laughs> I got to hurry up and get to my message. But then when, that, when, when the breakdown comes, you start to look back and say, why didn't I just put gas in the car? Why didn't I just do what I knew was right? Application of God's word will never steer you wrong. It might not bring the quick results that we often desire. You know, that's why we all got into pyramid schemes when we were young. Dude told you, bro, you about to make a million dollars, bro. We, we fly to conference every weekend. When we go there, we see the millionaires talk. Not one of them ever became the millionaire. Come on, somebody. I know. Some people in the pyramid scheme right now, they like, I believe, pastor. We want satisfaction right away. We want results right away. If I do this right away, I must see change right away. Change don't come like that. Change is an over-processed time. Some things are fast. Some things take really long. But when you look back, it won't be the same. Amen? Application brings the transformation. Here's a couple of things I want you to do this year. Number one, what are you going to stop doing this year? You in a marriage, what is it in your marriage that you need to stop doing? Because if you keep doing what you're supposed to stop doing, it's going to break. In your finances, what are you going to stop doing this year? Stop, that's the goal every year, right? Stop spending. Or at least stop spending more than you make. Amen. When it comes to church and God, you know, every year... Beginning of the year, church is always packed. Everybody like, yo, this year is me and God. Me and God this year. All I want is God this year. So why by February you don't want God no more? Something you're doing that make you and God fall out by February. Is it Valentine's Day? <laughs> Who you with on Valentine's Day? There's something. Listen, people always say, man, people always come and they say, Pastor, my desire is to be close to God. Say, yep, because he's never far from you. Amen. What is it that you do that makes you think God left the building? He hasn't left the building. You've left. It's like the story with the man in the car. When they were dating, they had one of those cars, you know, old school from the 60s, nothing in the middle. So the woman would slide over, lay on his shoulder while they drive. Years pass in the marriage, she on one side leaning over, he on the other side. She goes, why you don't ever hug and be close to me like we used to? He looked at it, he said, I ain't moved. It's you that moved back and forth, been in the same place. Because men are always right. <laughs> Come on. That was it right there. That was your breakthrough, fellas. These men giving these silent amen. Dudes in the corner like. (laughs) 
What are you going to stop doing this year? You laughing at my laugh? Come on, Savannah. Let me live. You don't let me. Your kids don't let you live at all. I'm in front of the church. You laughing at your pops. I'm going to stop doing this year tolerating your jokes. What are you going to stop doing? What are you going to stop doing spiritually that you need to change? What are you going to stop doing business-wise that's going to get you to where you want to go? What are you going to change? Amen? Listen, the Bible says this in the book of Deuteronomy. Chapter 30, verse 15, ESV, I think. See, I've set before you today life. Right? You got it up? Before I set before you today life and good, death and evil. Go on. If you obey the commandments, in other words, what you're going to stop doing, right, and what you're going to start doing, which is my, my, my next point. Not only what are you going to stop doing this year, but what are you going to start doing this year? If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you today by loving the Lord your God, by walking in his ways and by keeping his commandments and his statutes and his rules, then you shall live and multiply. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to take possession of it. So what are you going to stop doing? Stop sinning? Stop living foul? Stop disrespecting God in every area of your life? Because these people... See, when they follow God, modern-day Christianity is, I go to church, and I deal with God in church. Then when I leave church, I got to handle business. Not so with the children of Israel. God infiltrated every place. The way they dealt with co-workers was according to Scripture. The way they dealt in marriage was according to Scripture. The way they dealt, even the way they washed their hands was everything. The way they ate, everything God was intertwined with. And we, as believers, got to do the same. When we leave here, don't leave God. So what are you going to start doing, and what are you going to stop doing this year? Amen? There's things that got to change in your life. You want new relationships, new friends, new all of that good stuff? God can bring those things in your life, and he can, he can cause your life to be blessed, right? And he can cause things to change. This year, one of the things you ought to do is try to get around people who will challenge you. Especially men. Men, when we reach a certain age, we just want to go and watch TV or play video games. Come on. Come on, fellas. Yeah, you ain't going to help me out. You get to a certain age, you just want to go home and just be like, yo. You don't even phone ring. you like, yeah. Should answer it. But isolation is not how God wants you to live. Get around people that will challenge you as a husband. If you're a husband, get around other men. Get around other people that can challenge you. You a business person. Get around you. You whatever it is that God is doing. You you a minister of the gospel. Get around other people and let them challenge you. Get around. See, here's the thing, right? Here's a, here's a point. If you want to be around people that only think like you, you just want to hear your own self all the time. I think it was me and Julian talking this week, and I was telling him, I said, growth only comes when you hear the other side. And if what you have is truth, can't stand up, uh, uh, on the challenge that is coming at it, then you got to look at what you've been thinking. But if there's nobody there to challenge your thinking, you're going to keep thinking the same way, and it might be wrong thinking. Amen. Some people don't like going around people because it will challenge them. Some people say, I don't go around people, it gives me anxiety. That might be true. We might have a genuine struggle. But sometimes you got to wonder if that anxiety is really something mental or something you just don't like anybody saying. I don't like what you think. 
and you just don't know how to deal with it. This is confrontational. We live in a generation that only knows how to socialize this way. So if we see something we don't agree with, you're like, I don't agree with that. But you never have to face the person to tell them. Or you post what you say. A lot of people on the internet, loud and wrong. Come on, give it up for your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, you loud and wrong. Come on. They see a little video, clip it, and they like, this one I'm talking about. First of all, you ain't talking. It's the video. Second, what are you talking about? Loud and wrong. Sometimes I be there. I be like, I'm about to. I got a whole paragraph. I'm about to hit send and be like, if I hit send, it's going to take another two hours of my day, bro, because it's about to be a back and forth. I don't care. He just loud and wrong. The internet is the worst place if you really, if you, th this is what I learned. If you really want to have true discussions about meaningful things, you're wasting your time if you think you posted and you changed the world. Get around people who can really say, you think like that? What about last week? Oh, I did not know that. I will go back to my cocoon whence I came and come back. Hey. Happened to me so many times. You get around people, and you like, yo, let me bust down the science to you. And then they start telling you, that's all false. And now when you face with that, you're like, I get anxiety around people. No, you're not getting anxiety. You're getting challenged. You're going to have to learn to like challenge if you're going to change. Amen, somebody. Amen. What are you going to start doing? This year, have a strong commitment to biblical truth. God over everything. God over my emotions. God over my opinion. Y'all know that's the, 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 the two other books in the Bible. First and second opinions. 68 books. You got to get rid of those books. They don't exist. God over my opinion. That sounds crazy in a, in a modern day society, but it's, it is what it is. God over my opinions. Come on, somebody. God over modern day ideologies. God over modern day ideologies. The quieter you get is the louder I'm going to shout it. God over modern day ideologies. God over all these modern day new age philosophies. That's coming in the church. This ain't positive thinking. This is God's word. Hallelujah. This ain't name it, claim it, blab it, grab it. This is God's word. And we do decree and declare in this house, but we only decree and declare according to the word of God. Because any other declaring is you, 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 you ain't clear. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Y'all with me today? God over every new age philosophy. God over pop culture. Kill your icons and your... No, no, wait. You can't say that like that. Back in the days, we knew that was... You say that now. They're like, somebody... Pull down the idols that we've set up in these icons... And these celebrities... God over celebrities. Like never before over the last three years, you see how fake they are. They go where the money is. They intellectual where the money is. But silence when problem arise. They don't even exist. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. See, we so enamored by them and want to be a part of their world that you touch it. You, I'm touching you the holy grail of America. Don't touch my celebrity. No. It's like some basketball fans. <laughs> what? I ain't said what. <laughs> Touching the holy grail of the basketball fans, I guess. <laughs> no, God over all that. God over politics. Yeah. 
I don't care about your party or your favorite leader. I don't, God over your politics. I don't care. We ought to vote this way. No, I'll vote however I want. God over politics. And I'm not whatever the media makes me out to be because I made a choice. I made a choice, but I made a choice knowing that's what it is. They're not God, and they can't fix the ultimate problem. Men are sinful. God over politics. Stop trying to persuade men to a political party and persuade them to Jesus if you want true change. Stop trying to persuade men to a political ideology and persuade them to Jesus. Stop trying to persuade people to your favorite way of thinking and persuade them to the Bible. This year, have a strong commitment to biblical truth. And if you don't know them, it is your job as a believer to learn what the book says. Study to show yourself approved. Come on, somebody. It ain't nobody else's job but yours. Come on, somebody. Strong commitment. I'm almost done. What are you going to start? What are you going to stop? And then what are you going to improve on? There's some things that are good about you. Make it even better. Improve your skills. People pay you for your skills. Come on, somebody. Improve who you are. Improve who you are. If you're good at something, get better. Don't compete with somebody. Compete with yourself. Push yourself. About to bring out the greatest album of all times this year. Because the last greatest album of all times, I left it since 2008. There's never been one since then. This world is struggling for music. Half of this crowd don't know what I'm talking about. I better get my music, man. I'm on Spotify. I need a follow or something. Come on. Yeah, be, be, be better than you were next last year. I did this last year. I'm going to be better. I released one song last year, released six this year. Come on. I wrote an essay last year. This year, I'm going to write a book. Come on, somebody. Who I'm talking to? I'm not saying that personal for you. I'm saying it for everybody. I don't know what you did. On a job last year, you, 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 you sold so many for the company this year, outsell everybody. This year, sell more than you sold last year. Do whatever it is you do, be better at it. Work as unto God. Amen. What are you going to improve on this year? What are you good at that you can be even better at? Because what you're good at is a gift to God's world. You're not nobody's in the crowd. Y'all remember the story in the Bible of the time when Jesus had this multitude of people and he turned to his disciples and he said to them, how are we going to feed them? Where are we going to get food to feed them in the book of John, right? That version that the only, that story is mentioned in all four Gospels, but the only version that mentioned the boy was in the book of John. They all give different uh, uh, viewpoints of the story. And so that, that book says, he said, where are we going to get food to feed them? And one of the disciples stood up and said, first of all, you asking about where are we going to get the food? Even if we had the place to get the food, where we getting the money to buy the food? For it's going to take this much. That's what he said. Right? Imagine when Jesus tell you something, you telling Jesus the problem. Of why, why. Jesus just asked you, how are we going to feed him? And the Bible says clear. He did this to test them. Clear. And then another disciple said, all we got is a little boy here with <laughs> this year you want to read your Bible, amen. <laughs> this year you kind of want to read your Bible, amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. How many fish? How many loaves? All right. There's always somebody in the crowd be like, five fish. 
too low. Like, you kind of hungry, brother. Amen. <laughs> People debate on, you know, when you, in Sunday school, they tell you, his mother packed him a lunch. As I got older, I thought, what kind of mother is that, sending your son in the desert with lunch? Like, she ain't want her son to come home. Think about that. A multitude of 5,000 people, you just send your son out there alone and pack lunch? Come, y'all know, y'all being challenged right now because y'all like, nah, that's what it is. It said, and she packed the lunch. So people argue, who's this little boy? Because all we know, all we know about him is that he availed what he had to Jesus. Some people say he could have been there selling the food. Because what's a little boy doing in the wilderness with two fish? And then when you read what kind of fish it was from the word being used, it's small, it's tiny. Which makes the miracle that more profound that God takes food that is not filling and fill people. <laughs> Y'all see this? He could have been selling this stuff in hopes of what? I don't know. I don't know if his mom packed it. I don't know if he, what, what it was. People said it probably wasn't fish that was like cooked. You know, we, when we hear the two, we, we picture like fried catfish from down. You know what I'm saying? We, 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 this could have been pickled fish. It could have been, it could have been this. They didn't. Y'all looking at this story different now. Y'all like, I'd have went home. <laughs> we don't know. All Jesus said was, how are we going to feed them? And the little boy just said, I'm here to avail myself. My point to you is this. Whatever you've got, give it to God. You're not insignificant. And God will take what you give him, what you've worked on, what you've improved on, and what the world might think is nothing. Because watch this. These are actually men who are rolling with Jesus that says, he ain't got nothing but this. So even sometimes the people where you expect to believe in you might say, that gift ain't big enough for God to use. That's a whole nother sermon. But Jesus said, bring it. He took it, broke it, blessed it, and gave it. And it fed all of them till they were full, that they picked up the scraps, and they had 12 baskets full. I'm just curious if he was trying to tell the disciples, 12 baskets, pick them up, and never forget who's in your midst. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. I'm done. Resetting is not going on with the same, in, with, with, with not knowing. And every year, it's kind of like we hit a reset button. And we're going through this year. But you're smarter. You're wiser. You're stronger. And when we think reset, we always think starting over. But reset is not always starting over. Reset is not only to start over, but also because something wasn't working properly. One of the things I didn't mention in that game, in the, in the, in the video about the game, is that sometimes, y'all remember Nintendo would glitch Or, <laughs> took y'all back, right? <laughs> Who knows? <I'm> so <laughs> well, the kids today will never know. They go online, they download graphics. I was with my son all night last night. He showed me one of his games. I was like, this is incredible. I was enjoying it. I'm like, I came from the days of <laughs> certain angle. When you put the cartridge in, you know how to lean it to the side. Or to put it so that it, it, it click off the, the... They'll never know these struggles. Never know. 
just so the game could work. I could take you all back older than that. This might be a little too old. Or this just might be third world. I remember watching TV and holding the antenna. A little too old. <laughs> I remember just to make sure the TV, come on, Guyanese people. Y'all ain't going to look at me like we ain't come up. Come on, we got the fastest growing economy in the world now. We can make some noise. We really do. Yeah, we got oil. We're proud of it. America don't. Y'all got electric. <laughs> Fred looking at me like, what's going on? Yeah, I remember. What was the point I was making? Thank you. Thank God that I write this stuff down. It's not just starting over. It's that sometimes things aren't working properly. Like I remember when my phone gave me problems a couple months ago. It just started whenever it came on doing its own thing. At one point it was calling people on its own. I was like, I want to call them. Trying to hide from them. Come on, what are you doing? It's like whenever your phone bug out, they call the wrong people. Like, call my wife or something, man. You call that dude. Putting all my business out here today. Y'all pray for me, right? Am I the only one? A prideful dude and all this, like, yup. Start bugging out, glitching, all types of couldn't open anything, losing all your photos and everything. You start getting scared and so when it came back up, you started, for that little bit of work, you saved everything you can. And then you're like, oh, thank you, Jesus. And then it still is bugging out. You can't fix nothing. You're like, oh, I got to go to the app store. Got to go to Apple. And you go there, and you plug it in. You, you just thinking, because they call it Genius Bar. So you're thinking, I'm going to get up. Only he plugs it in, and he's like, mm, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Your phone is bugging. Really? Really? Can I apply at the Genius Bar? <laughs> Shout out to all the people that work at Apple. I ain't coming for you. Amen. Don't come at me. They're going to be like, this guy, I hate this guy. And then they start plugging in like, uh, and they do, they, you know, they got their tools or whatever. And they say, hey. Looks like we're going to have to do a soft reset. Then they do that, and then it don't work. And they say, looks like we're going to have to do a hard reset. I'm like, what, what, what's that one? <laughs> that means that we are going to restore this to the order it was meant to function in. And reset is not only starting over, it's restoring order. Where there's chaos. And the only way you and I can truly restore order is by waiting on the Lord. Letting his word lead in every area of our lives. You might have come to church today and you said, Pastor, that's a beautiful word that inspires me. I'm going to go home and I'm excited and inspired to live. There's other people here that might be sitting and saying, man, that word ain't for me. Because you know why? I got a problem, and I was hoping you'd speak directly to that problem. I am. I'm telling you that if you are in a situation right now where you are in need of a miracle, just keep doing what is right in God's sight. And God is going to bring order to the chaos that you're going through right now. That's what happens when you wait. One of the craziest thing is what you do while you wait. I was telling my friend, I was talking to my friend on the phone. My friend was asking me, he said, Pastor, is it okay? Should you still get therapy even though you go to church? I said, I'm strongly in agreement with going to therapy because, you know, you might need somebody just to talk to because really that's, that's what it is. But I would always seek Christian counsel. You know, go go talk to people who know the Lord. He said, "Yeah." And the conversation proceeded. I said, "Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm like that too." 
I said, I'm the type of person that if a doctor over here says to me, hey, come here, I want something, something on your legs. By the time I walk over to the doctor, I'm the type of person, I done amputated my leg. I didn't, I didn't saw the funeral. I didn't saw I'll never walk again. I saw the surgery. And ho- all he did was say, come. I need to see you. But I'm the type of, here's the point. I'm the type of person when I, when I wait. I'm just being honest with you. When I wait, my mind goes to every dark place there ever was. This morning, Sherry came to the car, and she was putting something in the trunk, and I put the car in park. You know, sometimes I put the car in park, the car kind of moved back a little bit first before it stopped. Sherry looked at me like, you're trying to kill me. <laughs> I said, no, no, the car. And she said, oh, almost saw my, my life go there. I turned to her, and I said, you don't know how many times I done buried myself, went to the funeral, gave a speech over my body. I don't know, saw what the kids were going to become. I already, because my mind goes to the darkest place. If I create music, instead of saying this is dope, my mind goes to, yo, what if, what if nobody listens? What if this is Am I the only one? Anything I do, my mind goes to the darkest of place. So if that doctor is calling me to come over, I'm like, I start walking with a limp to him. <laughs> Nothing wrong with me. All of a sudden, I'm like, oh, snap. I did have this pain for a long I don't know. Oh, gosh. Sherry, I love you. Pray for me, baby. Church, pray for me. Pray for me. Get over there. By the time I get him, he said, Oh, yeah, I thought I saw a sticker on your pants. <laughs> that was it. When you wait on the Lord, silence the voices that ain't God. And avoid unnecessary stress in your life. Wait till you get to what he's doing. That's easier said than done. And the only way I have found to defeat that is to remain in prayer all the way. Father, I'm coming to you. I'm coming to you. I'm coming to you. I don't care what he said. I don't care. I hear that. I don't care. It's you, God. It's you. It's you. And over the years, I've gotten better. I've gotten better. And I plan to keep getting better. So today, if you heard this message, put God where he belongs. And wait. And he's going to bring those things to pass that you believe in him to do in your life. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. God, I thank you for your word today. I thank you because you're a good God. You're a wonderful God. Your spirit is in this place. And I know, Father, Lord, that you are magnificent. You're all powerful. If you're in this building and you just need a quick word of prayer, something I said really blessed you. And you just want to, you know. Be prayed for real quick. Just stand to your feet and I'll pray for you.